Hey, we're back! They said that this long distance thing wouldn't work, and I didn't listen, so we're still here. The good news is, Emmett's computer will not freeze this time because I have told it it can't, so it should listen. And I quit out of all my applications. It's that helps. smart. That very smart. See, I should have told you that from the beginning, but I didn't, I didn't think of that in time. You didn't think I would be that irresponsible. I mean, wh- why would you? I mean, I've seen you with your computer open with 3,000 tabs and every Adobe software open. So I, I guess I should I think, be surprised. I think you're thinking about someone else. I might be. It's just one Adobe open, and that does enough to crash it. That's fair enough. Didn't you get more RAM, though? What? You didn't yeah, download I, more RAM like I, I told you I downloaded some more. Okay. Yeah. I actually Good. did it twice, so it should be double the amount. Double the downloaded amount? I mean, you could be working 128 gigs of RAM right now. I mean, there's no way to know. There's no way to know. Just like there never seems to be any way to know what's going to happen in MLS, because just when you think you understand everything, everything changes. So we got plenty to talk about. We're going to go back from last Saturday and then include some games from ye- or all the games from yesterday and do our usual thing, go back to talking game by game and what we think. And what better way to start about things that you don't understand than with the Philadelphia Union one nothing victory over the New England Revolution? It just keeps happening, doesn't it? They, uh, you didn't believe in them, but they keep winning. That's true. No, I do. I am a believer now. Remember, I am a Philadelphia Union truther. And I mean, they deserve all of uh, their accolades. I think. I mean, that wasn't their best game, but they're at a point now where they're they're playing well and they're getting results to show for it. And they're just, just out of a uh, home first home playoff game in the East. Yeah. That's, uh, suddenly, things are getting very good for the Union. Which no one ever expected that statement to be said. It's, I certainly didn't expect myself to be saying that this time of the year, but uh, I think things are really looking up for them. So there is one thing, though. The controversy sort of comes on the goal because uh, Corey Burke is the one who scores in the 53rd minute. And from what I see on the play, Burke is the one that get, he gets played in behind the New England back line. And the flag, according to a friend of the show, J.P. Camera, stays down until Burke is just outside the 18-yard box. By this point, all the Revolution defenders have stopped playing, and only Turner, the goalie, is playing to stop Burke. And at least where I come from, you play to the whistle, not the flag. So I, 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 I feel hard... It feels hard for me to sympathize with the Revolution defense because they all stop. Not that I think they were going to catch him anyway, but they could have at least made his life a little more difficult on the shot. I, I've played where when you see the flag up, yeah, you don't, it's not like you stop playing until the whistle, but that's generally an indicator of, okay, now the whistle is coming. Um, we've seen so many, def- like, you know, if you ever watch a game, there's always a defender who turns to the flat lines and sticks his hand up and stops. This was like an ultra situation of that where every single player in the field saw the flag was up. They stopped. There's actually nothing and, more frustrating for me than that, actually. I hate that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's frustrating, but it's also like, right, your defender, you see the flag is up. Your entire career and the flag goes up, the whistle comes seconds later. Even if the referee doesn't say it, it eventually comes. The referee sees the linesman. He agrees with the linesman. He says, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to overrule this guy here unless I'm absolutely sure which did happen uh, in a Chicago Fire game, you pointed out. I did. Um, it was a great call by the official. That it wasn't uh, the, uh, the Chicago Fire player who played the ball, but the defender poked it away, and so it was not in an offside position. This one was not that case. It was obviously played by a Union uh, midfielder. So I can see, and they were furious. They, the Revolution players went up to the ref. They were motioning that he whistled, that he blew the whistle, and he kept saying, no, I didn't. I didn't whistle it. I thought he did, but I I would trust him to think that he knows if he blew it or not. I, I would agree with that. I certainly didn't hear the whistle uh, when I went back and listened to it, but I, I guess the thing for me is, like, I, I just I don't see the point in stopping. Why take any chances? And I, it comes back. Now, here's the thing, too. It's also the right call. I think that's what's most important to me. He didn't blow yeah. an offside call, and then, you know, replay was like, oh, that's too close. We can't. We got to have to give it to him because, you know, they kept playing. Right, so and so the right call was made in my opinion. It's a great ball. It's a great finish by Burke. I, I don't know. I'm all right with it. The only thing I will say is I do wish it had been overturned, but for selfish reasons, 
Of course. Uh, I, I sympathize with the revolution. That's all. Is I wouldn't, if I was playing and I was a revolution player, I would be furious that that happened. Because this, and you know what? It's, I think it is fair, but it's, um, it's kind of the state of what we're in where that play would never happen without VAR. You would see it played, you'd see the flag go up, and it would, it, it would get blown. Yeah. But with VAR, the refs wait. They wait. They say, okay, let's see what happens. If it's not a goal, they don't need to go back and check. If it is, he goes, he checks it. If it's offside, he can bring it back. That's fair. Uh, By the way, my selfish reason was nothing uh, particularly personal about the union. It was more so because he took off his shirt in celebration. Oh, right. That that one made even me mad. I was like, no, what are you doing? I was like yelling at the TV. I was like, he was off. You're offside. Don't take your shirt off. (laughs) Because had he he got away with that. Had he gotten called offside, the idea of a player getting a yellow card for a celebration on a goal that doesn't count, I mean, man, that's just too good. You can't make that up doesn't get any I think the only way it's gotten better was Jordy Reyna taking off his shirt for after scoring for Vancouver and getting a second yellow and getting sent off <laughs> the only worst situation I would say that's true but at least that's a goal that's yeah, true yeah all right we move on to a Canadian derby the Toronto FC win over Montreal Impact 3-1 it was pure domination from Toronto in this one it was 3-0 before the 30th minute Montreal did have some chances to make it close again but they found very little success and just for, you know, clarification's sake, this is a, would be about the reason why I say that I don't think the Impact are going to be able to hang on to that last spot in the East. They're just, they're just not good enough, I don't think. But is this an indicator that Toronto is mounting a charge? The Based on what we saw later? No. is worrisome. No, I don't think so. Uh, uh, Toronto one without goal. Altidore. The one goal. Yeah, well, eh. <laughs> you know, I'm sure you could say the expected goals was probably closer to two. For Montreal yeah, impact. I mean, Montreal did outshoot them. Uh, more shots on goal, more shots in total. Um, I mean, but if you get when you end up getting three first half goals, it's tough to it's tough to come back from that, especially when Toronto's at home. But that's a, that was a big one for them to get it, to mount a, uh, a playoff spot. Yeah, and it, I mean, look, if I hadn't if I hadn't seen what happened later in the week, I might have said, well, all right, maybe a little bit, but we'll talk a little bit more about that. I, I will say, shocking for Toronto to get that much offense with no Josie Altidore out there. I mean, again, we, we kind of talk about this. This is like pretty much the same. They didn't really lose anyone from their team that was the set the most points in MLS history. Like, there's still the framework there for a good team. It's just it's amazing to think that in one year, all of that has fallen apart. Yeah, it is amazing what's happened there. Uh, Sporting Kansas City, they went over Minnesota United 2-0. The game was 0-0 until Johan Croze subbed on at halftime and immediately made an impact by scoring. And after that, it was basically all Kansas City. Took the game by the horns. Diego Rubio scores another goal. Uh, With Darwin Quintero missing back-to-back games now, Minnesota has gone back to having a very toothless attack. And they've been shut out in back-to-back games. I'd say that's that's probably it for them, too. Um, I had maybe some some hope going into the weekend, but after seeing that, it's very clear to me that this team is not good enough to go in a, a run that would allow them to get in the playoffs. I mean, this was a tough game for them. It was. Remember, this is one win on this is one win on the road. Minnesota, we're talking about here. I bet they're really regretting s- selling Christian Ramirez right now. But yeah, the, I, but you and me both, I don't think we ever we either thought they had a real chance of making it. No, I, I mean, it's like I said, I thought that they have enough, like, interesting players that I thought that they might be able to go on a run, get hot, and at least make something out of it. But the, the, the reality is with Minnesota, you're getting, you're getting really bad Minnesota, really good Minnesota. There's not really a lot of in-between, especially with Darwin Quintero out of the 11. So hopefully he comes back because he's definitely what keeps them going. And if nothing, le- nothing else, this is a good opportunity for Sporting Kansas City to nab a top-two spot in the playoffs. Uh, big win for them, and I, nothing I think less than expected with how they've been playing recently. All right, well, uh, Rocky Mountain Cup, <laughs> the most lopsided Rocky Mountain Cup in the history, because Real Salt Lake went to Colorado and didn't just beat Colorado; they had to pillage the city and, or the, I guess that to be the state, but whatever city the Rapids actually play in, they. They went there and they pillaged the city. They lit it on fire. I, I don't think it's even on the map anymore after this one. They destroyed them 6 nothing. And like, it, that's, that was absolutely absurd. But the question now is, is this enough to convince you that RSL is a serious playoff contender? Uh, no, because beating 
Colorado is like meaningless. I, I would, I'd venture to say it's actually closer to being meaningless than it really has to having any true substance for me. Uh, it just. I, the most notable contribution that the Rapids had to this game was having two guys sent off. One of which was Bismarck Boateng, who the only reason who's, the reason I know his name now is because I had I saw the replay of him having a player, a, a Real Salt like player goes to like play a one two. So you know he's going around the outside, he plays the ball to his teammate, and he tries to run around him. And so his response to this is to kick him in the thigh, stick his foot into this man's thigh who's trying to run around him. I, yeah. How dare you try to run around me? Have some respect. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was... I mean, Colorado needs to do a major overhaul. Uh, I mean, I was going to say big for RSL going and getting a win on the road, but I would say that the games in Colorado aren't that big of a difference from them. That um, elevation's pretty similar. Yeah, uh, definitely definitely not a good thing for Colorado here. I'm going I gotta say, that's not the best way to watch Tim Howard, because I'm assuming this is it for Tim Howard. Yeah, he looks like he's getting ready to get back into the booth permanently, which sounded kind of darker than it meant to be. Yeah, uh, it's okay, I understand. You gotta take him to that big, uh, to the big, uh, (laughs) you gotta take him out back behind the goal and, you know, put him out of his misery. Put him in the booth, yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Real Salt Lake's goal difference that we were making fun of, not because of this stupid result, now they're up to minus two, which is very respectable. Still negative. It is still negative, but they're it's still, weird. They're still in a spot where they'll host a first-round playoff game with a negative goal difference. That's not ideal. That's uh, Currently, there's a team, the Galaxy, sitting outside of a playoff spot with a positive goal difference. Uh, this league is weird Just sometimes. It, yeah, I mean, when they get beat, they get beat big, and this is their one time of winning big. But crazy to think that they were at minus eight before this. Unbelievable. Yeah, and I mean, so like I said, sometimes results like this can kind of skew it, but I mean, we're so late in the season now that it's like a six-goal game just really, it, it kind of upsets the, for it to upset the balance that much, uh, like, because you see minus eight, and you're like, oh my god, what are they doing? And then you see minus two, and you're like, well, okay, this is a team that has some hard luck. So it's kind of weird to see a game in late August doing that much to a goal difference. Making that much of a difference, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, here we are, right? And yeah, <laughs> they're still doing it. And by the way, no comments from any Real Salt Lake fans, so we're just going to assume none of you exist. Which is a reasonable ass- assumption. It's true. Not even not even Nate Smith cared to comment. Oh, sad. Oh, sad. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Vancouver Whitecaps, they go to San Jose and win three two. So uh, through sixty minutes, I thought because remember before this game happened, I said, well, I mean that's that's got to be six points for Vancouver if they want to show me that they belong in the playoffs. They got to get six points against San Jose. And I thought, well, that's that's what I get for insulting San Jose, right? Uh, and believing in Vancouver, they're down two nothing after sixty minutes, and then this game proceeds to become one of the wilder games of the weekend. Uh, Vancouver rips off three goals in less than ten minutes, which is such a San Jose thing to do. Is to, to concede, yeah. <laughs> three goals in less than ten minutes. So, but this is also why we'll get to this later. Why I did not trust San Jose. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this later in the episode. But you can't trust these guys. It's true. It's I hard guess, to trust exe- them. I, I guess, except for when they're playing the, the top of the table. Yeah. Spoilers. So, so that's the thing, right? Is uh, the, the Whitecaps. They're still they're hanging on to their playoff hopes by a bit of a thread, but but now they get to play San Jose again. It's a dream come true for them, especially with the game being in Vancouver. I mean, yeah, you really couldn't ask for more if you were uh, a, a Vancouver fan uh, who is also at a minus eight goal difference. <laughs> so, well, if they make the playoffs, we'll give them the same hard time we give uh, Salt Lake. Don't worry, Vancouver. We're gonna, fans. We're gonna be tra- we're gonna be fair here. What? We'll be, oh, wait. What one about, thing, we're always fair. What about a world where Real Salt Lake versus Vancouver is a playoff match? Oh. Talk about situation. the ratings. Talk about the ratings. Oh. Talk, talk a bit about it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I I'd hate to be whichever broadcaster ends up with that game. That's gonna be a nightmare. Hey, you'll have a Bayern Munich product, Alfonso Davis. This is so. true. You could do Not that. Not the worst thing to have. It's true, but uh, people don't, like, apparently people just don't watch Canadian teams when they're on US TV, which I got to tell you, it means this uh, scenario where, like, all three Canadian teams end up in the playoffs must be just devastating for the networks. But, hey, we're not here for the networks. We're here for the fans. Fans first. That's what we always say. Yeah. So, 
Sunday now, the New York Red Bulls beat DC United 1-0. Uh, both teams were pretty wasteful in this one, all things considered. It was good to see DC United competing in New York on the road. It doesn't help in the standings, and so I, I thought that, all right, so after that game, I said, okay, so they're going to need something midweek. And, ah, well, again, we'll, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but that, now all of a sudden DC United are going to have to start pressing for some results again. But we did mention... They, okay, they have all these games in hand, but you got to do something with it. And these aren't easy games in hand either. So we did mention, okay, a lot of them are at home. Home games are generally easier. But that doesn't mean it's an easy win. doesn't mean it's, you know, like, okay, it's home, now we're going to win. You, you still have to make something with it. And they, you know, the last few they haven't, unfortunately, for them. That's true. They, they've been a bit wasteful. And I, I tell you, they're probably going to start ruining some of the chances that they're missing. Because they're, they're, they look like they're getting there. And it's, it's almost a shame that the time is sort of running out. They still have time. But it is kind of a shame that they couldn't get this team from the beginning. Because I think that this team from the beginning would have been a real treat to watch two or three months in. Because I think they would have had a lot better chemistry than they do now. And with a home stadium at that point. That's true. Um, I do want to mention that they, ha- they like um, Minnesota, have one win on the road. So all that time without a you know a home stadium, one nine and five. Uh, at at home they have six wins, two losses and a draw. So still a good home record, but again not anything to say. Okay, that means they're going to win their next you know four. They still they still have tough teams to play. Yeah. Well, speaking of tough games. Seattle goes to Portland and wins 1-0. So that's a story in and of itself. Those two teams, big rivals, and it, you know, never really know what's going to happen in these games. They're always usually hotly contested. But I, I think it's safe to say Portland was burned down by the Seattle Sunders. Am I right? Boo? Am I supposed to boo that? You can do whatever you want, but after I made the sun analogy last week, I'm sticking with it. Yeah, you uh, do, do, do what you need to do. <laughs> you and your son. Uh, I don't it's just it's a crazy look Portland I think played well but they come away with their fourth consecutive loss and that's only gonna do more harm than good for them going forward because sometimes it's hard to refine that mojo you're cruising along and all of a sudden you hit a big road bump sometimes it's not all that easy to get back on track and the later you get in the season the less games there are to do it no it's it definitely is not they are somehow still in a playoff spot uh this win did put Seattle in a playoff spot so after all of that (laughs) <laughs> Seattle has finally worked their way back in. As and is honestly, tradition. there's a good chance they'll get a home game in the uh, first round of the playoffs. Yeah, that I'm I putting could that out there. I could believe it, but I could believe it because they'll probably be hosting the four or five game. I could believe that. Yeah, I think they'll make it three or four. I think they're going to end up finishing. I don't think they can get to three, but we we already made that nickel bet before, so I think we'll be. <laughs> they just keep winning. I don't know. I, I, well, okay, well they have to lose eventually. They're not. <laughs> they're not going to make yeah. it to the playoffs on. <laughs> without losing again come on 12 okay that's probably true probably that said like you can't it's hard to doubt what they've been doing it's well the thing for me is like there there's not a, that much time left to where i could see because like for this to happen one of the three teams in the top would basically kind of have to go on their own little bad stretch and I, I think the three teams at the top are good enough to where that's not going to happen but they're the three points off of fourth place Real Salt Lake, which would give them that that first home playoff game, right? Three I, points. Yeah, no, no. I I can absolutely believe they're going to get there. I said, but remember, last time our bet was for number three. I said there's they're not jumping into the top three. Okay, well they're five points from there. That's a bit more of a hike. But yeah. LAFC haven't been uh, exactly uh, convincing either. They also just sold so. Lauren Simon, which is uh, bold. I guess surprising. Say. Bowl that, uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. I mean, good for him. Uh, I assume he wants to, you know, raise his game. <laughs> Reports were that he wanted to return home, uh, be with his family. Again, good for him. He seemed, uh, apparently, he didn't love the details of being sold from Montreal. But, um, you know, he's with his family, he's with his kids. Uh, and it looks like now LAFC is down uh, starting center back. And we'll have to figure that out. Because that could be a serious uh, they, problem. They brought in the guy who's, uh, and I should know his name, because he's going to be a pretty big part of the team going forward. But they brought that one guy in. I think I know, I know you're talking about Silver or something. Yeah, that sounds right, Silva. <laughs> this don't is, quote me on that. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll get we'll get our producer on that, but who was also agreed to rejoin the show. By the way, congratulations. Up, uh, I had my uh, I got my the producers on the line. Danilo Silva. Danilo Silva. There you go. And he did actually have to come out of that game for uh, Jakovic, which yeah, I'm that's... definitely. Yakovic probably, but you don't need you definitely don't want that. If LAFC cannot afford to have that guy starting like big he, games, yeah, I don't think he's reliable at all. Walker Zimmerman, I always thought Walker Zimmerman was a better defender than Simon. Simon was just the captain, the leader. He can do some make some silly mistakes, but it's hard to argue with what he did with the team there. So it's definitely a big loss. Um, I'm I'm not sure that they're going to be able to recover all that well from that. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be tough for them. So a little adversity down the stretch. Like I said, that they're they're basically in the playoffs, but uh, yeah. it's about getting a home game at this point. That that'd be huge for them. It would be. So we'll see about that. All right. So we'll jump to the action from last night. The New York Red Bulls beat Houston Dynamo one 0 It was a relatively even game, all things considered. But the Red Bulls managed to win without Kaku or Bradley Wright Phillips. So you know, which I did not like because I had Kaku on my fantasy team. That's not, an, you know, we'll get past that. Um, I mean, it's just classic Red Bull style. Uh, grind out a one nothing victory. Houston, by the way, been horrendous as of late. And this win also brought the Red Bulls into first place of the East and Supporter Shield. So congrats to them on that. Yeah, it's true. Of course, then again, we all know that Supporter Shields and Red Bulls fans go together pretty well. But unfortunately, they think they probably would like that to not be the case. I mean, supporter shield is still a nice thing to have, but I would I would tell you right now that any New York Red Bull fan would tell you give, in a heartbeat would give up a supporter shield for an MLS Cup. It's true. Uh, the Dynamo you were talking about their free fall. They've two points since July seventh, so it has been not rough. good. And those two points are in against short. FC Dallas. And so it, <laughs> <laughs> two draws. They've won more. Oh my goodness! What's one more point on the table? There you go. That's how that's how they'll finish with twenty nine points. <laughs> it is it is draft pick season. It is it is time to start tanking, folks. Which works never works in MLS, but we're gonna pretend it does. All right, um, here's here's a big one. Here's a big one from yesterday. Philadelphia Union travel to the hallowed ground, DC United's Audi Field. They go in there and win two nothing. The early stages dominated by DC United, who I actually thought looked more the dangerous team until Emmett's guy, CJ Sapong, scores the scrappiest of tap-ins to put them up 1-0. I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't actually expect him to score that. All things considered, it was a good, it was a nice play from Sapong. Like, it, it, so one, he kind of looks like if you gave a ball to a horse and said, go play soccer, but then the horse became really good, it would still look like a horse playing soccer and look really uncoordinated. That's That's Sapong. He's He's got a. It's not a great touch, but he keeps the ball well. He doesn't really lose it. And here he ended up actually slotting Bergen pretty well and continuing his run. I thought it was pretty intelligent from him, and that's kind of the goal, the kind of goal that got him to 16 last year. Don't entirely think that he's going to be able to make it this year, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm still going to win the, the initial nickel bet uh, of Dom Dwyer over CJ Sapong, though Dom Dwyer's not trying to do me any favors right now. Orlando no, but he isn't. I dumps. believe he is in double digits. Yeah, he is. I believe. But even Last if he's I not, he's at eleven. Like it's been a fine season. I'm just. I. Ex- I actually did expect more. And I mean, I'll win the nickel bet and take it and brag about it happily. But I did expect more. And so here, well, here is the problem with Dom Dwyer. Um, I didn't expect him. Yes, yeah, so he's at eleven goals. I didn't expect him to. Um, to have a great season. I would say with what Orlando's done, 11 goals is fantastic. Unfortunately, um, his team has been absolutely horrendous. With a, If his team was playing better, even up into like the seventh spot in the, play, like in the playoff hunt, I would expect him to have 14-15 at least. So I'll give credit there. Credit where credit's due. It has been it has been rough in Orlando, but thankfully for them, we don't have to dog them on this podcast because they didn't play. 
in the uh, it's window. Not, it, hey, it's never stopped us about. before. It's true. We haven't. <laughs> we'll dog anybody if it fits our time frame. But like I said, uh, there was like at the Union. What is it with you guys? Just can't win a game normally. There's a, a ball that hits Jack Elliott in the hand. I, I think the referee makes the right call. Some DC United people were pretty upset about this, but I, I think it's the right call. He's, he's standing right next to the ball. Ball flies into his hand. I don't know what you would reasonably expect him to do. So I'm all his right. His arm is down, but. Devil's advocate, his arm did move towards the ball. It did. It did come up for the ball. That was that his was the one thing. His arm did move in the direction of the ball. So I, I will. I'll give him that. But like I said, I just don't know what reasonably you would have a defender do there. No, so. exactly. There's not much else he can do, and that's the thing for the Union right now. Those two things go differently. That and Corey Burke's play doesn't take much for those two calls to go the other way. Offside to be pulled back. Suddenly they don't win that one. Penalty for DC and a goal, and they pull it out. Honestly. Those are little things that you need to, you know, to, to win games, really. Living on the edge. Well, it's true. No, hey, when you're playing well, yeah. sometimes the, you know, sometimes better to be lucky than good, right? And in those sometimes. situations, you just need the breaks. <laughs> Which I have to tell you one thing. I would have to guess that Philadelphia Union have not been known for their luck in recent years. So I, I'd say this is probably the league balancing itself out just a little bit. So you're saying they got like five years of fantastic luck coming? I'm uh, looking forward no, to no, it. no, 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 <laughs> no! You know how these things go. It's five years of bad luck gets you like about two weeks of good luck. So worth it. Yeah, always hey, so worth it. Always good. Portland Timbers—they hosted Toronto FC and won two 0 So uh, I, I feel sometimes that I'm a bit vague, right? Because I, I, I say things like, "Oh, I believe in Portland because of the talent on the team," but I don't believe in Toronto because I see their results. Sometimes I can come across as a little vague, but this is exactly what I'm talking about. This right here. This is a game that I, if Toronto wanted to make me believe that they can actually compete for this playoff spot, that's a game they had to do something in. And they just, they got, you know, run over by Portland. Portland completely looked the better team in this one. And I think, I think it shows their quality and it shows the lack of quality in the Toronto team. Yeah, it's, I mean, Portland... We know Portland's a good team. They had the, the tough run of fixtures. It Which doesn't is, take much for that to just keep rolling and rolling and rolling and picking up steam and getting worse, as we see with teams like Orlando, who I'm going to keep bringing up, unfortunately. Um, so it doesn't take much for that to happen. Big result for them to kind of st- halt that. And on the other side, Toronto, after the big result against their rivals, going to Portland isn't easy, but unfortunately they needed a result. They did, or, or at least make me, you know, think that oh, you know what? Like they they had to go to Portland a short week after they just hosted a game on Saturday, right? They now they had to travel cross well, cross country and inter between countries too. But whatever, right? Point is they had to go pretty pretty good ways. Got to go could, to the West Coast. Yeah, I mean, I could have lived John with, a, with a better game. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, good old Bacaro. In case anyone was thinking that maybe the fire were like, ah, just throw this guy away, and then he's going to turn into, like, a star. It, probably not. That guy's probably not very good. It, it didn't look like Toronto came out with their best lineup. Didn't know Giovinco, um, Bradley at center back. I mean, yeah, he probably drifted forward, but it seems like, at this point, Vanny's doing whatever he can to just get any type of result. He's willing to try everything, and it doesn't seem to be working. Meanwhile, Savarese over at Portland knows what works. He's got his players that he sticks by, and they they don't win a couple games, but they'll get him this one. And and he gets his guy, Jorge Villafaña, made his return yeah, to MLS yeah. in this one. That's a big signing, I think. It's going to go, I wouldn't say under the radar. He's a U.S. men's national team international. People know his name. But, you know, it's a good signing for them because they've had their struggles defensively. That's a veteran player who's played in the league before. He knows what it takes to get results. So I, I really like that signing for them, and I think it's going to help. Yeah, fullbacks run. generally can go under the radar even if they are big. I mean, they're fullbacks. I think that's one of Portland's strongest suits. Viafania, Valentin, um, Alvis Powell didn't play this game, but he's had a great season. So that's hey, you got fullbacks, Portland. I don't know. I don't know if you needed another, but um, Marco Farfan plays some plays some fullback every once in a while. So they they have real talent there. Yeah, that Christmas tree formation. There will be presence in the playoffs if they continue this. Love presence. Yeah. Always about that. And the gift that keeps on giving the San Jose Earthquakes for FC Dallas 3. So I want to start by saying this. For whatever reason, I looked at the schedule of games yesterday because I, I was wondering who's going to play. And I saw it on the schedule. And I'm like, you know, I, I just I got a weird feeling. Trap game for Dallas. 
and and so my first thought is, oh, I'll tell Emmett. And he's like, no chance. Dallas wins no, big. I still don't believe it'll happen, and it already happened. That's how ridiculous. <laughs> I actually this don't was. believe it happened to a certain extent myself because this is a this is a pretty crazy game too. That's the best part I think is that four three. Well, so here's the thing, and this is what I mentioned last time. You can't trust them. They go up two nothing at home against Vancouver and lose two three. They end up going up two one, and I think okay, there's no way they can hold this against Dallas. Mosquera scores, ties it up two two. Erickson shortly after scores 3-2. I'm like, okay, okay, they got a little lucky here. Dallas is going to run away with it if they didn't get that. That might slow things down, but Dallas still got it. Dallas scores again. Okay, 3-3. Okay, there it is. Yeah, Maybe it'll end in a tie and they'll get lucky, but Dallas has maybe two more in them. Wrong. Again, Santos. Wondolowski. Of all people, Chris Wondolowski gets on the score sheet. Unbelievable. I actually do not believe it. Uh, can you do me a favor here? The uh, the guy who scored the first two goals for San Jose. You wanna you wanna say his name for me? His first name is Valeri. Yeah. All right. Good job. Good start. Got to start. And big. he usually goes by Kaz. Kaz. Uh, Kaz. Aishvili. Kaz. I got it the first time. Don't worry about it. I that's just what a name uh, what a fantastic name so it, what a it, it was a great night for earthquakes fans everywhere I, I have no reason I, I, there, there was actually zero reason to believe in San Jose going going back and looking at it objectively right because San Jose had just blown a lead against Vancouver on the weekend and FC Dallas were basically on regular rest because they played last Thursday the earthquakes have now four wins this whole season two against Minnesota and two against FC Dallas nothing about this makes any sense just keep letting them play Minnesota and Dallas. Just don't let them play anyone else, and they're a playoff team. Simple <laughs> right. as that. That's uh, okay. Well, I'm glad we've. I'm glad we figured it out for San Jose. We'll take our share in ownership now. Uh, it's part of the reason, though. By the way, to jump to Dallas' side of this, it's kind of why I have trust issues. Now, I have touted them before because I I believe in the manager and I believe in a lot of the players that they have. I think he has. He just has the magic touch when it comes to figuring out how to get results. But I have to say. I see the results that they get, but then I watch them play, and I think, man, I don't know. I, I don't know. Every time they get in a shootout, and it's like, okay, yeah, but you, you can't always rely on winning shootouts. And then I think, yeah, okay, now they're now they're struggling to score, but then they're also keeping the other team down. It's it's really weird watching them play because I don't I don't know that I necessarily believe that when it comes time, you know, let's say they end up in a situation where they don't get to uh, have a first round bye, they have to play the one off wild card game, and it's against. Portland, I I don't know. I don't know that they have, they have the the track record for me to say I'm comfortable believing in them. No, I I totally agree with you, and that's the thing with the West right now is there is, there is parity. The difference between first and six is eight points. It, that's not insurmountable in any case. The top, the top team, Dallas, wouldn't even break the top three in the East. That shows the difference between the two New York teams and Atlanta and everyone else. The other thing is then the top five teams in the West would all qualify for the playoffs and qualify for a home game in the East if they were placed in the East. So that's, you know, I think the the West has more good teams while the East has a few just dominant teams. Look at the Red Bulls, Atlanta, New York City. I feel like you can rely, rely on them for the most part. They're not going to win every game. And I have to say, other than maybe Seattle, I'd probably still take those three over just about everyone in the West in a lot of situations. Probably not going to Sporting Kansas City. I think I'd favor Sporting Kansas City against home, at home against pretty much every team in the league. But outside That's of... probably the only reliable team right now, and that was only because they had that one stretch of games kind of in the middle where they fell off. But since then, they're, like, they're the only other team where you see them play an easy game, and you're like, all right, they'll probably win 2 nothing. They'll play Minnesota, yeah, they'll win 2 nothing. It's true. They do. They get results against just about everybody. So uh, it's kind of weird to be already. Oh, it's only we're only thirty three minutes in, and we're already out of MLS games to talk about. Shame. Hey, we're, we're we're getting getting uh, getting better. <laughs> getting better. Right. So instead of just you know calling it quits here and uh, writing this up as a victory, instead we have we have to we have to talk about the draw. Right. The Champions Let's League draw more. from earlier. I think we have yeah, to. We can do more. Champions League draw. <laughs> that was it, 
I honestly, I forgot it was happening. Um, I love a good draw. I... Oh, it's it's. I I was a little disappointed that I missed it. Um, I think we have a good slate of teams this year. Um, a couple new names. Uh, some names maybe people don't know as well. Uh, that I was kind of excited they got a chance to get in at Club Rouge. Uh, Red Star Belgrade. Uh, AEK Athens, Victoria Pleasant, BSE Young Boys, like even Hoffenheim in the German League, like you know, fairly big team doesn't really get in it very often. I believe this is actually their first appearance. Yeah, exactly. In the group but stage. But that's like a that's like a, an equivalent of like a West Ham. It's like a mid-table team in Germany. That's big for them. It's huge. It is. It is. So we'll just kind of jump through the groups here. What we like, what we don't like. I, I guess. I guess it's only logical we started with you know Group A and go down. But yeah. So fine. <laughs> I don't. Do you have a better system that you would no, like to propose? Just start okay. there. Let's do it. All right. Fine. Atletico, Dortmund, Monaco, Club Bruges, the aforementioned underdogs of the world. I think. I think it's safe to say Atletico, class of the group, should definitely get through. Although I will say we also probably would have said that when the group of Atletico Madrid, Chelsea, Roma, and Carabag was drawn last year. Now, I think Bruges is better than Carabag. I think that's very safe to say. I think... Uh, on the uh, other side, I don't think Dortmund and Monaco are as good as Chelsea and Rome. They're not. So, so that, that kind of goes both ways, but... Easier group, I would say, all things considered. You expect them to finish first here. You, you would expect them to finish first, and I would think now that they've made all those big signings, that I think the fans will also expect them to finish first, because... I am fairly comfortably. I, I am interested to see though, because Monaco and Dortmund are pretty uh, direct teams, all things considered. I will. I am interested to see them go and play against Simeone, who is known for stifling even the greatest attacks. Yeah, Monaco could be a kind of team that catches them out. Um, I honestly think Monaco could surprise a few people and knock Dortmund out of this. This isn't the same Dortmund team of you know five years ago. <laughs> this is this making ain't it your the father's finals. Dortmund, huh? No, this is a. I mean, like, look, like like we said, we were talking about earlier. Like, who do they still have from that team? Like Pizcek, Lucas Pizcek, he yes. is not even like a surefire starter. Like this is a completely new team that, unfortunately, can't really compete with Bayern like it once would. That's true. But hey, uh, we also get to see Christian Pulisic play. in the Champions League, so you can't yeah. argue with that. You can't playing against Simeone. I can't wa- can't wait to watch him get hacked down a few times. Should be great for his character. You know, he'll he'll learn a thing or two. Again, because he already gets chopped down in Central America as it is. All right, so Group B now, Group of Death maybe Barcelona, Tottenham, PSV, and Inter Milan. Now you're you're a big Inter Milan guy. You tell me. I'm not a big Inter Milan guy, but I think this is one. Of, I I don't think it's a Group of Death. I guess it's the Group of Death. Every team in there, you could say, okay, they could be in the round of 16. Past few years, maybe they they have PSV. Um, you know, slouches. They're pretty top in the Dutch league. But the thing is. I, Tottenham and Barca, I think, are going to win this group. I think they're going to do it fairly easily. Inter Milan is a team that hasn't had great success against Tottenham. And everyone's kind of touted them for all these signings they've made. They haven't shown it. They've lost and drawn their first two games. And it's classic them where they'll sign, like, all these big names. People will think, oh, this is a new team. They're going to play great. And they just and they're just terrible. It's like all those signings for Man United under Moyes and Van Hall. You're like, oh, Di Maria's coming. Oh, what a big signing that's going to be. Look what happened there. You can so. extend it as far as Mourinho, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> they've had some... He's, he, I mean, yeah, they've, they've all had some good ones, but yeah, that's not that uncommon at Man United at all. That's not. So That's yeah. kind of what you're looking at. You're looking at a, a worse, cheaper, you know, all-around bad version of Man United. Poor Tottenham. Oh, well, I shouldn't say poor Tottenham. I was actually talking to our resident Spurs fan, Robbie. And he tells me, yeah, it's a tough draw. And I just w- I wished him good luck. I genuinely just sent him good luck with an exclamation point at the end. And you know what he has the audacity to tell me? No. He tells me, how's Chelsea's draw, by the way? He probably thought you were being sarcastic. How is Chelsea's draw? I don't want to talk about it. We'll talk about it tomorrow when we do a live special for the Europa League draw. Huh. Yeah. All right. That's okay. That, that's, that's, that's a good response. Yeah, yeah thanks. That's- I'll see I'll see them in the Europa League when they inevitably end up finishing third in this group. So you know what? We'll see them then. That's, that's a real possibility. It is a I real possibility. It's a real I, possibility. I have to say this. Now, being objective, I don't think Tottenham are finishing uh, outside of the top two. I think they'll finish a nice second behind Barcelona. I think they'll get the results they need to against PSV and Inter Milan. I don't think those two teams have the quality to compete with them. But I would give a lot 
to see Tottenham in the Europa League again and knock poor, that. Poor, poor Robbie. Just leave him alone. I'm leaving nothing alone. Oh, whatever. We move on. I fully full oh. expect Barca, Tottenham, PSV, Inter to be the how this group shakes out. I think that's that's fair. That's uh, definitely fair. And by the way, PSV, Chucky Lozano, got to root for him. I don't have to do anything, but you can do what you want. I, I said I, though. I didn't say it. I, didn't I say won't me. do anything. Yeah, well, all right, whatever. If PSG, Napoli, Liverpool, Red Star, Belgrade, they make up Group C. I think it's pretty obvious that Liverpool and PSG should probably be the ones that get out of here with Napoli's recent... Uh, Downturning quality? Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, so they lost Jorginho, and I think the big thing is they lost Maurizio Sarri. Ancelotti hasn't had a good season in Europe in a long time. I wouldn't be completely surprised if, you know, this comes back to bite them. They're a good team, and they'll give both of them problems, but I agree. I think Liverpool does... If they play to their potential, and Napoli plays to their potential, and PSG plays to their potential... And the big stars of Red Star Belgrade play to their potential. It should be PSG, Liverpool, Napoli, Red Star. But those are three really tough teams. Three of the three of the best potentially. That's yeah, that sure. could be a group of death for me as well. It could be. I feel bad for Red Star in a certain respect because it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of points there. I, but it, it's a chance for them to go to Anfield and the Parc de Prince. So that's what it is for some of these teams. It's just well, a chance. More to importantly, it's like a chance that. for the fans to see these teams come to them as well. I mean, how many how many games have they possibly had at that at stadium where you know they could legitimately say that one of the top five teams in the entire world is coming? And you know, Neymar and Mbappe coming with PSG. One of you know. Uh, Neymar and Mbappe being two of the top five players in the world right now, right? How often do you get to say that? How in often? the past, maybe, in recent memory, not a chance. So good for them, good for their fans. It could be worse. I mean, hey, you got to be in the Champions League to get blown out in the Champions League, right? So Exactly, and that, there's good Champions League money, so good. it's always a good thing to get that extra buckaroos. We get, now, Group D, the real group of death. You have Locomotive Moscow, Porto, Schalke, and Galatasaray. Now, this is, again, the argument where we say, is it a group of death or a group of life? This is by far, I think this is better of a group of, as a group of life. Because, I, I mean, look, so There's Schalke, no good teams here. There's no sh- real uh, pot uh, one teams. I, well, okay, yeah, that's true. There's no, definitely not a pot one team here for me. But I, so, so I think Schalke, I think they have the best qualities of any of the teams here. Just, I, just based on like you know the the few I've seen of them, like I can't, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I watch, I've watched Galatasaray. Like that's that's a that's ludicrous. And then you know, Locomotive Moscow. I, we've I've already made fun of the Russian league enough in our World Cup previews. I don't think I need to do it anymore. So it, this could really go anyway. And if, if for better or for worse, I, that's not going to make for great TV viewing for people. But hey, I'm I, I kind of like it. I mean, the thing is. Going to Russia has always just been difficult, no matter who you are. It's true, and if that's you get, why these teams have some success in in these competitions. It, Going from Portugal, don't discount don't discount the fact that you have to go to Turkey too. So that's two trips exactly. that are very Those are two far. very very difficult trips. And honestly, Portugal is not that easy easier either to go into. Schalke's arena is one, uh, touted as one of the you know more um, more challenging to go to as well. It's not as hard of a trip. But um, can be can be hostile. It's not exactly next door either. So yeah, it's it's definitely going to be tough for Porto in terms of travel. I, I don't envy that at all. I, I will say that I, if you know if you're just trying if you wanted to build your own schedule, I would think you probably want uh, the Turkish team and the Russian team away as soon as possible because if you can get both of those games out of the way before October or not before October but before November, I think you're in yeah. decent shape. Because you don't want to, there are Champions League fixtures, I believe, in December. That you don't, you want nothing to do with that. No, you don't want that kind of congestion. You don't want to deal with fatigue like that. Um, especially if you can get it kind of close to the international breaks, where some players will be a little bit more fresh. Um, the ones who aren't going for duty. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That's that could be big. That's big stuff. Yeah, here we are talking travel details, but way more exciting than Group E, where I am going to tell you that what you already know. Bayern's probably winning this group where Benfica, Ajax, and Athens are their opponents. I, I don't know how much money Bayern paid to be in this group, but uh, it must have been a pretty handsome sum because I got to tell you, like, I like Benfica and all, but, like, they don't match up to Bayern. And poor Ajax and poor Athens especially. It's, yeah, it's probably not going to be pretty for them. Well, the good thing is either Ajax or Athens have a chance if they can overthrow Benfica. That's true. So there is that. There is no 
dominant team like Liverpool, Napoli, or Tottenham who can come in and say, yeah, right, you have to dethrone us as a second-place team. I don't really see Benfica having that authority. So, but yeah, I mean, Bayern just wants to get their their Champions League final. Everyone gives them, everyone talks about how they can't win a final. They always make it to the semifinal, <laughs> but somehow aren't good Champions League teams. I don't get that, but I think we'll see them there once again, at least to the quarterfinals. You would think, well, for sure they got to get out of this group, but I, I think they're any, challenging group to get out of. Yeah, <laughs> anything <laughs> less is a dis, is an absolute disaster. Now, who paid more? Bayern or Man City? Because these two groups now back to back. Man City gets Shakhtar Donetsk, which again could be could be a tricky tr- away day if it's they, if it's scheduled in a in a weird period or it's scheduled towards the end of the group stage fixtures because it's a long trip. It could be cold by then. They did struggle against them last year. That was some of their only losses were against Shakhtar. It's true. So perhaps Man City will be ruining the fact that they've been somehow drawn with this team again. There's also Olympic Lyon, Lyonnais, and Hoffenheim, who again are making their group stage debut. I, I think it's safe to say that Manchester City are probably going through here as number one. And after that, I, I think it is open for interpretation because, I you know, we mentioned Sha- you mentioned Shakhtar's uh, ability to play against Man City. I think that's not going away. They're a very tough team to play anywhere. Lyon's not exactly blowing anybody away with their quality, and the same goes for Hoffenheim. But Lyon is, a, I think, a dangerous team. I believe they made it to the final of the Europa League last year. No, you're thinking of Marseille. It was the other Olympic side. Ugh, I always mess those up. Um, but still, they're they're not uh, a team to be overlooked. I think they could easily finish second here if things go their way. And Hoffenheim, again, you know, the German league hasn't been as great of late. But um, I, of the pot four teams so far, I would say Hoffenheim, Inter Milan, and Galatasaray are really the only ones to be feared in any way. Oh, by the way, you feel don't feel so bad about that Olympic Olympic mix-up. Uh, I was watching the Spanish, the Spanish broadcast on Univision for this draw because you know I guess it was too good to put on t- TV for TNT, so it's fine, whatever. And I'm watching it, and the guy goes, "Yeah, they were in the Europa League final against Atletico Madrid." And I look up, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, what?" So, something's not uh, something's not right here. So I had to Google yeah, it to make sure I was right. Olympic yeah. was in there. Yeah, well, yeah, fair one enough. of the Olympics. Group G, <laughs> Real Madrid, Roma, CSK Moscow, and uh, Pleasant? Victoria Pleasant. Victoria Pleasant. Man, I got to tell you, that is, what a name. Good for that. Not, not a lot of verbs in that name. So, good for Real Madrid. They get a relatively cushy group stage. Although, I will say that they, if they if they continue, if they struggle like kind of like they did last year, it could look at a little more of a struggle for them because I, I think Roma could give them a game absolutely at the Bernabeu. They've got to go Rome. pretty far. Yeah, that's true. They do also have to travel to Moscow, which, again, depending on the time of year, could be brutal. And uh, Victoria Pleasant, which is from who? where? You're my resident geography. It's, it's, it's Eastern Europe. Either way, Real's got to go to Russia, somewhere in Eastern Europe. I want to say it's... Um, Czech Republic. Yeah, it might be. I was, gonna th- I was thinking something like that. Czech Republic um, and Italy... Yeah, they they could have troubles. No Zizou, no Ronaldo. Probably isn't the same Real Madrid as last year, but they should still finish first. And good for Roma after making it that far last year to not get the disrespect of being a three or four pot seed team. <laughs> it happens. Finally, Group H, perhaps another candidate for the group of death, depending on the way you want to look at it. You have Juve, Manchester United, Valencia, and good old young boys. Ah, uh, the young boys. That's a, ridiculous that it's an actual team name. But Juve, I think, you know, we're talking probably should be the favorite here. They absolutely need to be with Ronaldo in the fold and all that. Um, but Man United being a pot two team will never be easy. I know this is three-year Mourinho meltdown mode, but this is a Man United team with talent. I can't see anything other than them trying to get up for these Champions League games, knowing that eh, we might not qualify this next year. So, um, but on the other side of that, Valencia has no pushovers either. They're a very strong team. It's a very good team. To, to finish, I'm not saying in Spain you have the top three teams, Atletico, Real, Barca, making Champions League. That's happening. So whoever has to finish fourth, and a team like Valencia, who almost overtook Real Madrid in third place last year, that's not a team that should be overlooked in any way. I can see them finishing second. They, they are they are a very good team. And I, I agree. I don't think it's going to happen, but I will say this. 
I will say this. There is a chance because these games don't start for another couple weeks, right? I, there is a real chance that Jose Mourinho is not in charge of Manchester United when that time comes. Now, I, I think that they, they have to turn it around. I can't. I can't possibly imagine this things going this way, but they have already gotten beaten by Brighton at home. They've already lost, or not at home, excuse me, in uh, in Brighton, but they've they've gotten beaten by Tottenham at home. Mm-hmm. And they they got completely run off the pitch. I might add, basically after Lukaku missed that goal, that eh, you might might call it a sitter. Me, I I call it tough tough shot that he needs to score. He rushed it. He did. He did rush it. He had he had time, I think, to square it up a little bit. He he could have. He didn't even look up really. He he just kind of shot it and was oh, so not an easy place to score from. Because uh, believe me, I've been there. But it's <laughs> it, it, you got to score it if you're Lukaku. You know me. If I don't score it, nobody. It's like ah, well, tough angle. Lukaku doesn't yeah. score it. Yeah, you gotta oh, have that. Be your top striker want to be one of the best strikers in the world. You should be scoring that. Gotta have it, especially uh, so. when you do so much to round the keeper. Yeah. It, they're they're in danger mode. This is, I can see them struggling in the league and doing well here. I can see them struggling in both. So uh, it's interesting to see this year. There are some tough groups and some easy ones. Interesting to think that a team like Inter Milan or PSV or Monaco or Dortmund, Liverpool, Napoli, uh, Valencia, United could be in Europa League. Combinations of those teams. So there could be a pretty stacked Europa League alongside uh, Chelsea being there as well. So not something to be overlooked this year at all. I'm excited. I'm ready. All right. Well, I think it's time we I think wrap this up. We got yeah. We got some uh, national team games to talk about first. It's Saturday on Unimas. It's Sa- it's the Seattle Sounders against Sporting KC, 4 p.m. Eastern, and on Sunday, FS1, 7:30 Eastern. It's DC United, Atlanta United, Battle of the Uniteds. My match of the week, personally, is New England Revolution hosting the Portland Timbers. Now, this was I, I kind of chose this before Portland's game had been decided yesterday, but both teams are were kind of falling, free falling in the standings, and I think both teams need a result to get in. So, back back in the uh, hunt, I should say. Yeah, that could be big for both of them. I'm looking at Columbus versus New York City FC, third place versus fourth place. Um, this game could be pretty big uh, because I've been talking about the unions going to really want a playoff spot at home in that first game. New York City win, that can give them a real chance moving forward. On the other side, it's just two great teams, so definitely something worth looking into. Anyway, that's all the time we have here this week on the American Soccer Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us and check out past episodes on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify, anywhere spot, anywhere, anywhere you can find a podcast, really, for all of your American soccer needs. Until next time, I'm Emmett McConnell alongside Eric Alcantor, signing off.